It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined by my two usual co-hosts, John McDermott. Hello, everybody. And Carson Ray. Hey, everybody. Great day to talk about X-Wing. That classic, iconic Radio TCX catchphrase. Man, you almost messed me up there. You normally introduce Carson first. I know this. The moment before I did it, I was like, "I'm going to see if I can throw John off here," and our listeners won't be able to tell that you were thrown off because I'll just edit out the gap. Or actually, maybe I'll just make it really long. That would actually be a little more amusing. I'll just make it look like you, like for a full thirty seconds, didn't register that I had uh, said your name. Seems like good content. All right, we're rambling. Let's talk about X-wing. That's not rambling. That was like fifteen seconds. It's expose. Carson. I feel like a ramble. Does <laughs> yeah? I guess that's rambling for Radio TCX. Okay, now it's definitely a ramble. No, it's called content, Carson. We have to stretch. We have to fill out the clock here. Uh, Listen, here's the content. We got some great lists for you with the new X-Wing content, right? We have, I don't know what wave number it is, but it's the new Separatist stuff. It's the new Republic stuff. And we got some fun lists to try out. John, what wave number is it? 8.5, technically. Right? Cool. Yeah, lots of cool new ships. I got we got our delivery of all the X-wing ships, and I don't think I've ever ordered this many all at once, and they all look fantastic. So, lots of cool stuff to talk about today. So, in the past, when a new wave has dropped, we've you know taken an episode to talk about some of the things that stand out to us, like what our favorite cards are, what our favorite pilots are. But this time, we thought we'd change it up, and uh, each of us built a list using some of the new stuff that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it's a little cooler to see all this stuff in context, and we tried to break it up here. So we have a couple Republic lists, we've got a Separatist list, and I guess we should dive into it. Who wants to go first? Well, Tim, you made the choice of a hyperspace list, which is just <laughs> weird. So uh, I'm, I'm going to make you go first because of that. Hyper, I think hyperspace is the one true format. It's a little weird right now, especially after the recent shakeout, but um, okay, we'll do mine. That's fine. Uh, this guy is a Republic 199 point list that, you know, my style is to go minimalist, especially when I'm not sure which cards are going to be good yet. Um, and I really want to get some V-Wings uh, in a list here because this model just looks so cool. If you haven't put the V-Wing model in the hyperspace ring yet, it's like one of the coolest looking things I think I've seen in X-Wing. John would agree. Can confirm. Definitely pretty cool. Um, so what I did was I loaded out a list here with the Loyalist Volunteer, which is the I-2 V-Wing. And through that Alpha 3B Besh config on there, which gives you the, uh, uh, you can spend your target lock to change a blank or a focus into a hit result, which synergizes really well with their boost linked into a red target lock. So you can get some modification there if you need to boost. And you can use that target lock either way you need it. So either to convert a result to a hit or to just reroll. Um, so five of those guys, uh, which come in, they're at 29 points each. And then I paired them up with just a raw, straight up Warthog in the Lat Gunship. Because I'm not 100% confident that my ships will, I'll be able to position them in a way they'll survive. So Warthog will give them a little extra life. Yeah, I've seen some pretty cool lists with Warthog in it. Uh, he's got a great ability. And I think like having all of these ships that will benefit from that, because like you said, you know they might get initiative killed. Like That's pretty cool. I think this is a very interesting list. Absolutely agree. Warthog is a great compliment there for... Uh, these V-Wings, particularly when you're running that 
uh, Besh config, you're incentivized to take that target lock, which is generally not what you want to do with a three agility ship. Uh, usually you want some green tokens, you know, we'll spend it on offense if we survive long enough to be able to shoot. But with Warthog, you don't really have to worry about that. Um, you know, if they go down, if the green dice fail you, you still get to fire and you got that lock, you're going to get pretty good modification. Uh, the Besh config's amazing. I mean, you get the offensive output of advanced optics for just two points. Like, that's amazing. Well, I, I think the um, viewings are really cool, too, because they're a different kind of generic for the Republic. I think they really do stand out from, like, the Torrents, where the Torrents feel a lot more like a traditional swarm ship, where you're going to probably fly those in formation and you're kind of going for the massive fire. The viewings are built kind of the other way, where you kind of want to spread these out like you would A-Wings, um, and just approach your opponent from a bunch of different directions with a bunch of generics. And then, you know, whatever one gets targeted first, if it doesn't blow up, then you just use that one as a blocker, let that one not get shot at, and then follow up with the rest of them. So I feel like the way I'd run this list is kind of have, like, Warthog come up the main direction and then have a few loyalists on either side of him because, you know, to get his ability benefit, they just have to be ranged two. They don't have to be an arc or anything. So um, just come at him from a bunch of different angles and then try and use that fire convergence if I can. Yeah, I think splitting them up there is pretty key because I mean, I guess my only concern would be those V-Wings are, I wouldn't say significantly faster, but they are, you know, inherently faster than the lat gunship. So, you know, it'd be easier to get them out of position and not benefit from that ability. But, you know, if you've got Warthog in the middle there and you can kind of keep him in line with those V-Wings, then, uh, yeah, I think you'd be in a pretty good spot. And then I just prey on my dice that I don't get hit with all the target locks I take and all the focus tokens I don't have. Worth. Well, and I, I do think that's how you kind of run the V-Wings. You know, you do have to ride that um, green dice variance. You know, you're not going to be modifying those dice all the time. And, you know, sometimes they will get destroyed pretty quickly, but sometimes they'll hold up uh, through a lot more than perhaps they should. And, you know, that's just how green dice work. And, I mean, these things are cheap, so it's not that big of a deal if uh, one does go down yeah i was looking at some cool potential too because there was a couple other variations one of the goofier ideas i had was uh for goji with uh, a connor net and just like get a one turn trick where i have all my loyalists together drop the connor net behind them so they all get an extra evade dice um which does not is not practical at all and i knew that but it sounded fun uh the other thing i was looking at too was um battle meditation seems a little bit interesting um, so you still have the Jedi Knight and the other sprite in hyperspace. So that guy's just 37 points. And the battle meditation uh, upgrade, which, you know, gives you the purple coordinate and you can coordinate to two non-limited ships, um, is only three points. So that's like a 40-point value you could pair up with a bunch of these viewings and then throw out a couple coordinates there so they could get some fully modded shots. That'd be cool. But I couldn't quite figure out how I wanted to do that quite yet, so... That list is in the still cooking up in my brain. Gonna be honest, I, I think what you have is better. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, these uh these V wings they they can be pretty volatile. Uh, I was playing a practice game with Carson. Oh, was that two weeks ago now, Carson? Um, yeah, your V wings didn't hold up too well on that one. <laughs> well, the one just died before it got to do anything. Like I think it rolled like no paint and just got one shot. The other one like. I think got away and just kind of circled around for a while and didn't take a hit. It didn't like survive, but it was doing what it needed to. Right. 
No, I mean they're they're pretty volatile ships, but they they don't cost much, no. and they can have a pretty big impact. They're squirrely. Yeah, they do definitely. I, I to me feel like more of an accent ship than anything. Like they're never going to be um, any singular one of them going to stand out too well. But I feel like they work really well, and they kind of fill in a spot uh, in the Republic that they needed something at that point range and value. And it's nice just to see have have faster Republic ships finally. Because the Arc 170 and the Torrents, um, all the non-Jedi ships are just a little little sluggish for me. I feel like that was a low-key shot at my list that I made here, Tim, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to let it go. <laughs> yeah, well, like, prove me wrong, John. What, what do you got running? I don't know. I was actually kind of thinking maybe Carson should go. Break up the Republic list a little bit. Uh, okay, we'll go over to Separatists. Okay, Carson, who do you got? You got Django? No, you know, I know that there's some Disney show that makes Mandalorian seem really cool, but I, you know, just want to go to my favorite character from the prequels. Kitster? Uh, Zam Wessel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's my favorite character from the prequels. <laughs> I get confused sometimes. Yes, Zam Wessel. Continue. I don't know why that gets me every time. It's so dumb, <laughs> but it's so funny. <laughs> if it'll even run. Sorry, Carson. Um, go ahead. <laughs> no, Jango Fett's a great character, but as far as um, putting these pilots on the table, I think Zam is the most exciting of these new bounty hunters. And I get why people maybe aren't super excited about her initially, um, because there is a lot to read. <laughs> and that's inherently not fun, right? <laughs> Reading is not fun, kids. There's a lot of text uh, with Zam. But I think I think we can break it down. It is pretty straightforward, uh, you know, after you've read through them like the third time, then it clicks and it, it's pretty simple. Yes, I have a double fire spray list here. Starting off with Zam. So to understand everything else, you got to understand that pilot ability and those two conditions. So there's either the pilot or crew Zam. Right now I'm using the pilot. They both have the same ability where you lose two charges at the start. And then during the system phase, you get to pick one of two conditions and secretly assign it to your ship. Those two conditions, we have you should thank me and you'd better mean business. So you pick one of these conditions, put it face down, and then both the conditions have the same triggers. So the first trigger is that they flip after you defend. So if you shoot at Zam, whatever condition that she has, that's going to flip. So with you'd better mean business, after you defend, you can spend two charges to perform a bonus attack. Uh, pretty great. There, though, the main difference between the pilot and the crew is that the pilot comes with four charges. And so on setup, you're losing two of those charges. And so you do need uh, two charges to be able to perform a bonus attack. Now, if you have the you'd better mean business condition assigned and your opponent doesn't shoot at Zam, then at the end of the engagement phase, if you're in an enemy's arc um, and they didn't shoot at you, meaning that your condition is still face down, then you can flip it and recover two charges. So here, this condition has a way to spend charges to perform a bonus attack or get two charges back if nobody shoots at you. Okay, so that's one of the conditions. <laughs> Wait, oh, jeez. <laughs> So then the other one, you should thank me, has the same triggers. So after you defend, 
you can flip it, recover one charge, and get a lock on the attacker. And then if they don't shoot you, and at the end of the engagement it's still face down, you can flip the condition and spend two charges to perform a bonus attack. Um, so here you have this kind of gambit that you get to put down every turn, right? So on one of them, you get to perform a bonus attack if you do get shot at, and the other one, you get to perform a bonus attack if you don't get shot at. Uh, those are the key concepts there. And then there's ways to get charges back, and one of them, you also get a lock. And with the Zam pilot, you can go either direction right away, right? Like, you'll be able to shoot right away. And that's kind of the benefit of having the pilot. Right, right. Well, and with the pilot, you also have that threshold of four charges, which means you can, yes, do one right off the bat, but also do one twice in a row as well. So there's a lot more game with that bluffing and uncertainty and really making your opponent unsure of what to do against Zam. So that's that's the base concept of what you get when you just purchase that flatline Zam. A lot of text and really, I think a lot of game impact. Now, to get the most out of that, well, we also need to be able to uh, be threatening with those double attacks, right? It, it doesn't matter if I don't have mods for my double attacks. Right then that's not threatening. So we got a lot of upgrades. So we have Count Dooku and Lone Wolf giving us some passive modifications so we're always ready for an attack, uh, plus whatever we do for our action. And then we have false transponder codes, uh, which when you get a lock on an opponent, you can jam them. Or if they take a lock on you, you can jam them, which you know does play pretty well into really uh, messing with your opponent's concept of whether or not they want to target Zam or not. And that's kind of the base of what I had. And then, uh, John, you mentioned this um, pretty nice combo with that new Slave 1 title and the Auto Blaster Cannon. So I had to include that as well. Yeah, I think just the potential to do some damage that can't be mitigated, regardless of how many defense dice your opponent might get, uh, is pretty spicy. I like that. Well, right, especially with all the new Edas out that don't have shields, right? Getting some direct crits through, that seems pretty good. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the OG, um, I think it was the auto blaster turret and accuracy corrector Nim combo, where you would just roll up with that turret, roll two dice, change them to hits, and then be like, well, you're taking two damage, and that's kind of fun. <laughs> it feels right. kind of bad, but it's kind of fun. Right, and well, if you get to use Count Dooku for his ability getting some crits in there, that's pretty great. So that's that's the Zam. Oh, there's also some proton bombs because, of course, it's a fire spray and we have a whole upgrade, right? We, we want these things to survive and just do all the tricks. And then we have a second fire spray, uh, little Boba Fett, the survivor. Oh, baby Boba. Baby Fett. Right. Uh, really lone wolf Boba Fett, right? Because he's got that same trigger of if nobody's friendly is at range zero to two, then he gets a bonus um, getting turned blanks into focus results seems to pair great with perceptive co-pilot. Mm. You know, just get get some value out of that, right? I got Lone Wolf on Zam, so these want to be spread apart and get a lot of modification out of that. Then we got proton bombs, hull upgrade, and contraband cybernetics because I want to be able to get that double focus as much as possible. And that's the list, right? Uh, two ships, a lot of upgrades, and a lot of words with Zam. Uh, but I think it should be a lot of fun on the table. 
Yeah, while you were describing the condition cards, I was reading through the actual condition cards, and I feel like um, I should get like free Pizza Hut or something after all that reading. <laughs> I think my description was better than the actual text. Yes, but I would it, say, probably but not was. by that much. <laughs> I, I, I just like I, I get it's funny because like once you get it in concept, it is really cool. Like, I, and I get why this appeals to you, Carson, because this is totally your kind of mind game thing. Of like, okay, a little extra layer here. Not only are we guessing what dials people set, but I have to guess what my opponent set for their condition card. And, you know, if you get to the end of the game and you're like like one attack away from dying, making the right call on which condition they assigned could make the difference between you winning and losing, right? Which is pretty fun. I'm just in because it's two fire sprays, and we've seen how well that's done in the scum faction. So I think with these new separatist tricks, like it's definitely got some weight behind it, and I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, that's also kind of where I approached this from as yeah. well. Now, can you actually fly this with just one of the Separatist Slave ones? Or do you need two of them? Um, because I know you can fly have Zam to look at the cardboard. Django um, with one pack, theoretically, if you have the oh, scum the, one. I've got the tokens here. Wait. I mean, because theoretically, like, almost every player has the Scum Fire Spray, right? Like, it's just too cool, and it's such an iconic ship yeah. that even if you don't play Scum, like, you have that ship. You gotta have it. Um, the Boba cardboard and the Zam cardboard are separate. Good. So you only need Boba one Jango one of them the to fly this, then. That's cool. Yeah, and the dial's the same, right? Because it's yep. the same exact mm -hmm. model, yeah. And then you can fly Zam and the Django one and Boba and the Scum one. Yeah, that seems fitting. That's awesome. I'm in. All right, now we get down to the end of it. John, we're back to the Republic, and you built a very different Republic list from mine. Yeah, so... Yours, uh, yours has upgrades. Yeah, you took your shot against a single V-Wing, and uh, I'm here to tell you that I think there is <laughs> maybe some merit behind it. Um, however, I think there's only one V-Wing that's worth taking by itself, and that's Contrail. So he's... I don't know if I'd call him the focal point of my list, but he's my I-5. Um, so I've got him with Marksmanship, uh, the Alpha 3B Besh config, much like yours. Um, R4 Astromech to make those one hards white and the one banks blue. Uh, thermal detonators and then delayed fuses. Um, and then I have three of the Jedi Generals, which are the Initiative 4 Ada Actus pilots. Uh, one of them has Sense, and then the other two have Brilliant Evasion, and all three of them have Shield Upgrade and Jamming Beam. Yeah, so Contrail's ability, uh, while you defend or perform an attack, if the bearing of your revealed maneuver is the same as the enemy ship's, you may change one of the enemy ship's focus results to a blank result. Yeah, so like if you can get him around the flank fast enough and get him behind some enemy ships, like then he's just got built-in juke pretty much all the time. You know, if he's just kind of tracing them, which I think is a pretty powerful ability. And that whole loadout, I mean, it looks like a lot of upgrades on paper, uh, that ship's only 42 points with all those upgrades, which I feel like is almost a steal. Yeah, I took my shot at the V-Wing, and then as soon as I saw that your Contrail was 42 points, I feel like I regret my decision immediately. Well, and isn't Contrail's ability better than Juke? Like, turning a focus into a blank, I think, is better than turning an evade into a focus, right? It is, in, in, I th but I mean, it's harder it, it to It varies, right? right? There's certain situations, but I, yeah, I think that is powerful. Um, if you can get it on the flank. And what I also like here is I think the rest of your list is going to really support that. Yeah, so when I originally built it, I had Brilliant Evasion on all three of them. 
and I didn't have thermal detonators and delayed fuses on Contrail, but then I was like thinking in my head, you know, delayed fuses and thermal detonators sounds kind of like a fun combo because, I mean, you could delayed fuses both of the thermal detonators in the same turn um, if you really wanted to, or just one of them or none of them. Um, and I switched to sense on that one Jedi general because, you know, the thermal detonators and their ship ability, you know, the system phase booster barrel roll and sense all kind of occur in the same timing window. So you can choose how you want to kind of do that. Um, you know, you can sense a ship and then decide if you want to drop the bombs and then also decide if you want to booster barrel roll with the other Jedi generals, um, to set up blocks or if you feel like you're going to be in a good position for that turn anyway, um, it's just a lot of flexibility there. And then if you've got one Jedi general that's in kind of just a garbage spot and doesn't have a good bullseye shot, you've got that jamming beam to try to remove some tokens for the other two to just kind of light up the ship. So what I really like about your list, John, I really love that thermal detonators, delayed fuses combo, because I think that makes more sense on kind of like the budget ace ship that Contrail is, because the bomb loadout's cool. Just having that on a really fast moving ship is awesome. But like if you're doing a more flanking approach, um, usually the bomb drop maybe won't be that effective because you won't be in a spot that your opponent is going to go into the very next turn, right? If you're trying to flank. Mm -hmm. But the delayed fuses kind of counteract that where like, yeah, they're not going to be there next turn, but two turns from now they probably will be, right? So it gives you that little extra little, little extra bit of leverage. And I mean, thermal detonators are obviously a good device. So um, being able to leverage those is really cool. Well, and I think this list gets like an insane amount of value out of that sense. I mean, you mentioned a lot of the options, but just like every single one of your ships benefits from that sense information, right? I mean, you have three I-4s and an initiative five. Um, you might be able to be moving second and repositioning, but there's also a lot of games where you won't be. And you have that versatility. Um, you can, you know, use that force for the sense with the Jedi General because they do have that force pool of two, uh, when you do have to spend that force for it, for that key information. And then that does set up uh, the EDA's um, system phase booster barrel roll very well, plus the thermal detonators, or, you know, just knowing where to boost with Contrail um, when you're trying to chase a ship with higher initiative. I think it, it's all great and working together um, with pretty good synchronicity. Yeah, and normally I don't know that I would include Brilliant Evasion in a list. I just don't think it's a You super, probably shouldn't. It's just not a very good upgrade, but I think, you know, in this list, it's just another benefit of that sense too where, you know, if you're if you're going to move second, uh, if knowing that that booster barrel roll is going to keep you once you perform your maneuver out of an enemy's bullseye arc, then you'll get more value out of that Brilliant Evasion. So, just trying to set up as many combos as I could here. I guess if Brilliant Evasion is going to work for a Jedi, though, it probably would be the Jedi General, where you could take the Evade, and then you'd get so much defensive modification. Like, that'd be some wasted shots for sure. Right, you can still spend, like, one force for something else and have a substantial amount of defense. Um, it doesn't feel as good on, you know, the other Jedis with a bunch of force where it doesn't really matter, um, but when your force pool is a little bit more limited... I think that does look like a better option. Yeah, I'm excited to try this one out. It's the first time I've ever built a list with Jamming Beam 2, just because fundamentally I think it's dumb as a zero-point upgrade. But hey, why would you not do it if you're going to take a bunch of two-dice <laughs> shots? 
Yeah, that's the only part I'm really not excited about is the jammy beam. It might just be better without it, but they have the cannon slot. I don't know. I just don't understand why they have a cannon slot. It's dumb. It makes no sense for this ship. Like, where is it? Show me on the ship where the cannon is. <laughs> it's inside the two little prongs. You know, just looking at those tiny models, it's like the whole wing is the cannon. <laughs> It's the little, it's the little, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. We need some fan art of that, just a giant cannon on top of an 82. I just picture, like, the Jedi flying around and just a clone strapped to the wing with a Gatling gun. That's the cannon. <laughs> it's heavy. I mean, I did mod a cannon on one of my Seek models, so maybe I'll maybe I'll do that for an Eda as well. I mean, but, like, they're scummy ships, and they were so, like like upgraded and customized but like i feel like other than the paint jobs all of the adas were just kind of standard maybe not anakin's he probably upgraded his because that's his jam but whatever right and yoda's was smaller um but that's that's not really helping the canon (laughs) argument i have that lego set it's so fun because it just looks stubby and it's ridiculous you know, I hope we w- wouldn't it be cool since we got like the custom Plocoon, wouldn't it be cool to get an Ada 2 as like the next world's prize support but like Yoda's so it's even smaller and rounder and like yeah. have it be an exclusive uh, model? That'd be pretty rad. That'd be fun. Or like alternate paint hyperspace rings. That'd be cool too. Yes, we need a Plocoon hyperspace ring now. Just just paint your Plocoon hyperspace ring. I feel like people would be upset if Republic got another uh, yeah. convention exclusive paint job and some other factions didn't. Well, I feel like one seventh of the X Men community probably wouldn't be too upset. <laughs> All I want for Worlds is to have Worlds. Yeah, that's fair. That would be the greatest prize support of all. All right, so that's our uh, early list here with the new stuff from Wave 8.5. Um, yes. Yeah. So just us trying some ideas out there. What are your new list ideas? We want to hear what list you're making with these new ships and upgrades. Uh, so let us know on our Facebook page. You can post them in the comments for this episode. What's your What's your new Republic or Separatist list that you're rocking? Or do you have a nice acronym or easy way to remember all the ZAM condition uh, trigger sequences? Or are you Andy Myers and you're going to record ASMR of just all the condition cards in X-Wing? That's my request. I'm going to use my platform for good, finally. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. Please consider going on iTunes and leaving the show a five-star review saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen. And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash Radio TCX and become a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already supported the show. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week.